Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Monday, March 20th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. And what a week we have in store for you this week because the Xavier Musketeers are still dancing. They get to the Sweet 16 with a win over Pitt. Final score, 84-73. to A dominant win for the Musketeers getting back to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 2017. That year, they went to the Elite Eight and beat Sean Miller's Arizona Wildcats in the Sweet 16. Xavier will be playing Texas on Friday night. It will be the last Sweet 16 game of the Thursday and Friday set. It'll be in Kansas City. Tip time scheduled for 945. It might end up being closer to 10 o'clock Eastern time. Of course, remember that it'll be an hour earlier out there in Kansas City if anybody is going to the game, but it'll be around 945 Eastern time on CBS. Jim Nance, Bill Raftery, Grant Hill will be on the call of that game. But join now. Uh, I am joined now, I should say, by Rick Broering, MusketeerReport.com and NKU radio analyst. Rick, I do want to get your thoughts uh, eventually on this show about NKU as well, because I haven't talked to you since then, at least in a uh platform like this so i do want to get your thoughts on that but we are going to start with xavier xavier gets back to the sweet 16 84 to 73 over pittsburgh and it was a dominant win like i said at the start of the show you get a pretty even scoring from the team all over the place sule boom had a quiet day um as far as shooting from the field he was three for 13 but he ended up with 14 points he was seven for eight from the free throw line got a little dicey toward the end Xavier didn't make a field goal for about the last six and a half minutes but still a dominant win for Xavier and they're moving on Sean Miller has now won his last eight round of 32 games to get to the sweet 16 and Xavier uh, back in the right spot Yeah, I mean, you can't say enough about the way they played in this game. This was a lot like the Creighton semifinal win that Xavier had in the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden, where they just played really well on both ends and showed that they could compete with anyone in the country. That was this type of performance once again. And if you're a Xavier fan, when they showed that type of upside, it really has to give you the confidence that this team might be able to make this even more special. Yes, they're in the Sweet 16, but... If they play two more games like they just played against Pittsburgh, they could very well be looking at their first final forever. I don't think that's hyperbole or unreasonable to say that right now. Now, that's a big ask because they have not been that team consistently game after game. But two of the last three or uh, I, I guess I should say two of the last five games now, they have showed that type of upside. So it's interesting to see what they could do looking forward. What was the most impressive thing to you about this game today, Rick? Was it the way that they rebounded after a subpar performance on Friday? Was it just how well connected they played? Was it the defensive performance for most of the game? What what was it that stood out to you most? There's no question. It was how they matched up against Pittsburgh's shooters on the perimeter. They did a good job in ball screens too, which is obviously giving them trouble. But the biggest thing was being there on the catch with Pittsburgh shooters. They knew exactly how Pittsburgh wanted to play on the offensive end. They were in tune with the game plan that Sean Miller and the coaching staff set out for them, and they executed it really, really well. To limit Pittsburgh to just 20 attempts, was a good start just in general. Xavier took more threes, 24 in this game, than Pittsburgh did at 20. 
And most of the three-point looks that Pittsburgh got were tough, contested looks, not necessarily wide open in rhythm. So that the few that they did get that, that, that seemed more clean, I just don't think they had the confidence or the flow at that point to knock those down. So uh, the defensive performance, especially on the perimeter, is what really impressed me by Xavier. Xavier, 84 points today, and that was after a pretty lackluster offensive performance on Friday. They get five threes from Adam Kunkel in this game. That ties a Xavier record in an NCAA tournament game for an individual performance. It was just an unreal shooting day for Xavier, especially in the first half, more so than the second half. But in the first half to come out and set the tone and then to not take their foot off the gas, which is, I think, something that we have talked a lot about, Rick, throughout the season, where they'll come out, they'll throw the punch, and then the other team will respond. And then it becomes that third segment of the game. Where does Xavier fall after that? Today, Pittsburgh's run didn't really come until later in the game. And did it get dicey there for Maybe two minutes or so, yes, but Xavier was able to go up and, and hit some free throws there at the end. But getting back to Adam Kunkel, um, a guy like that to come out and hit those five threes after Xavier only makes two threes as a team on Friday, what an impressive performance. Yeah, I mean, especially to set the tone like you're talking about because for the game, they're just eight for 24, 33%, nothing special. In the second half, they were one for 10 from beyond the arc. So that obviously wasn't good. But in the first half, them coming out, Kunkel hitting five threes early, the team was seven for 14 from beyond the arc, getting the confidence and building off of that early in the game, especially after not shooting very well in the first round, was a big boost for the Xavier team. I don't think there's any question. And it's not only that, they were getting the clean looks from the outside and knocking them down, but they were also able to exploit their size advantage with Jack Nungy in the post. Pittsburgh has some length, but they don't have the toughness and physicality on the interior defensively. And Xavier was able to exploit that too. So they were getting them in the paint. They were knocking down the early threes when they got them. Everything was working early for Xavier, and they just remained in control. And you brought up a good point too. The first few minutes coming out of halftime have been a real problem for the Xavier team this year. Sean Miller's talked about it a lot. In this game, no problem at all. They kept that lead between like 14 and 16, I want to say, something like that, through those first several minutes of the second half. And it wasn't really until the final maybe uh, eight minutes or so where Xavier struggled a little bit, let their foot off the gas and, and weren't able to score. And Pittsburgh was able to make a little bit of a run, but you got to think even with Desmond Claude missing five clutch free throws, Pittsburgh really never seriously threatened to take over this game or get back into it. So I, I think Xavier was really in control. One last thought about Xavier here, Rick, just looking ahead as you, as you look forward toward the Texas game, Texas is playing some of the best basketball in the country right now. But as you alluded to earlier, when Xavier is playing as well as they can play, they can be right there with Texas. This is not an unbeatable team for as good as it feels like Texas has been playing over the last few weeks. What is the one thing right now as we record this on? Well, as it is right now, very early Monday morning, but basically a whole week here to till this game tips off. What's the one thing you're looking at right now for anybody getting in on some early coverage? Well, in a lot of ways, I think it's going to be about how Xavier matches up with Marcus Carr. But I also think Marcus Carr might get his regardless against the Xavier team. They might have trouble. So, so maybe the real key for Xavier is that they shoot really well again, and they have the same confidence on offense that they started today's game with or yesterday's game uh, against Pittsburgh with. If, if they can shoot the ball well early, maybe that'll offset 
some of the issues they have defensively against Marcus Carr and some of the other players on that Texas attack. So I think that's probably where I'm starting my prep for that game this week. I think Texas is a really difficult matchup because they're great defensively and they have a few of the things offensively that can really challenge Xavier and Marcus Carr being the biggest one of them because he's a volume three-point shooter. He can shoot off the dribble and he's great in ball screen situations. He has a lot of those within their game plan. So Xavier's defensive effort is going to start with stopping him. One year ago to the day, Sean Miller was hired as head coach of the Xavier Musketeers and one year later, he brings them to the Sweet 16. It just has really been a roller coaster of a year. It's been an, a crazy 365 days to get back to that point. But with a team that won the NIT last year, realized they wanted to stay connected as a group, get back to this point. They have gotten to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. You and I made all of our preseason predictions and everything else. And now to get to this point, to be playing for a chance to go to the Elite Eight out in Kansas City and in the regional semifinal. I mean, it is truly... a a, a testament to what this team has been able to do and put together and, and to what Sean Miller has been able to do um, as well. So again, that'll be Friday night. It'll be the last game of the Sweet 16. It'll be Friday night, likely around 10 o'clock, 9.45, 10 o'clock Eastern time in Kansas City. The other area team in the NCAA tournament, the last other area team that was still playing in the big dance was Kentucky. They were in control of their game against Kansas State, Rick, until they weren't, Kansas State started hitting some crazy threes toward the end of the game. They win it. The Wildcats do. The Kansas, well, they're both Wildcats. The Purple Kansas, Wildcats. The Purple Wildcats win it 75 to 69. And the Kentucky Wildcats and John Calipari are going home. What do you make of all that? Well, I think this is a little bit different from the Kentucky conversations we've had for most of the year. For a lot of the year, it's been man, Kentucky just didn't show up. They played poorly. This team is so inconsistent. What's wrong with John Calipari's system? What's wrong with the type of players that he has right now? How are they going to get the program back on track? Those types of conversations. To me, that's not what this game was about. I thought Kentucky played pretty well, where there are some moments in the, the final minutes where you'd like to see them handle it better and certainly on the offensive end, take better care of the ball, score more efficiently when you are in control and, and have a good opportunity to win it. There's plenty to complain about in that regard as a Kentucky fan. But, I mean, Oscar Shibway went for 25 points and 18 rebounds in this one. Kaysen Wallace played excellent at the point guard position. He had 21 points, nine rebounds, four assists. He did have the five turnovers. But, I mean, you got two really good games out of some of your star players there. And overall, Kentucky was right there, had a really good chance to win. And they lost because the stars for Kansas State were just better. Marquise Noel was outstanding in this game. He had 27 points, hit some big shots. Keontae Johnson hit a huge three at the end. Kansas State just hit some big-time three-pointers. That was the difference in the game in the final minutes. So as much as I've ripped into Kentucky at times this year, and they have been a very inconsistent team, and there were some things that they could have handled better in the final minutes, I think this is a game where you really have to tip your cap to Kansas State. Oscar Shibwe went for 25 points and 18 rebounds, but if there is one performance to look at, it's Antonio Reeves, who went one for 15 from the field, one for 10 from three, and that one three that he hit was basically in garbage time right at the end when the game was pretty much already over. Just a tough, tough day for Antonio Reeves, who this team has 
relied on here down the stretch a lot for his shooting, especially to come up with probably his worst game of the year. Yeah, and and that's the thing that is really going to sting for Kentucky, their fans, their players, because Reeves is important to them. And as much as I say, you know, you look at Shibwe and Casey Wallace and you got really good performances out of them. Reeves is a guy that you expect to be among your top players and your top scorers on the offensive end. He took a ton of shots in this game. And for him to play that poorly, that does sting because you really were right there with a good chance to win the game. And if he just hits two, two more shots, you're, you're right there. And um, I'm sure this is one that he's going to remember for a long, long time, considering that was his last chance. Yeah, no doubt. So let's recap a little bit. I'll just run through uh, some of the other results from Sunday. It was a crazy Sunday here today. And I thought that the NCAA tournament overall really delivered in a big way this weekend, because sometimes when you get a lot of those upsets, when you look at teams like FDU or you look at Princeton or some of these teams, and then as the tournament goes on, sometimes the quality can be here or there because you have these lower seeds that start to win. But these these lower seeds, they delivered in a big way. Princeton, they advanced to the Sweet 16. FDU gave us a great game tonight. Fairleigh Dickinson did not win against FAU, but it was still a fantastic game. It wasn't like the 16 seed won against Purdue and then got blown out in the next game. This entire weekend of the NCAA tournament really, really delivered. So just to kind of run through everything and where we sit, the Big East gets three teams into the Sweet 16. That is the first time that that has happened since the conference realigned. Marquette is not one of those teams. Marquette lost to Michigan State 69-60. to UConn is one of those teams. They beat St. Mary's 70-55. to Creighton beat Baylor 85-76. to The Baylor Bears, we know that they have struggled at different points this year. Creighton, when they play well, they can play really well. Creighton Blue Jays are moving on to the Sweet 16. I mentioned Florida Atlantic. They beat FDU 78-70. to Miami, Florida, beating Indiana 85-69, to convincing fashion there. And then in the late game, Gonzaga beat TCU by three. That game down the stretch wasn't as close as the three points uh, might suggest. It was a late three-pointer that brought it in to that uh, scoring margin there. But again, Kentucky has been bounced from the NCAA tournament. Xavier is the last area team still remaining in the big dance. Cincinnati, they won their NIT game. They are still playing basketball. They will play in the NIT on Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. Xavier plays again Friday night. Um, that will be in the last game of the first two days uh, this weekend. Rick, two more things for you before I let you go here. The first is NKU put up a great fight against Houston the other night. Uh, I know we've talked a lot about it already, but I want to get you on the record here. NKU had about as perfect of a game plan as they could have possibly had. Just didn't hit the shots when they needed to. What was it like calling that game? What was it like being there, Rick? And uh, just real quick, take us through that game against Houston. Very strange feeling afterwards, not just for myself, but I think a lot of people that were there supporting NKU and probably the players and the coaching staff even, because on one hand, represented the university great. They were right there. They left it all out there. They couldn't have played any harder or given any more effort. So that was fantastic. But on the flip side, they really had an opportunity to do the incredible and pull off one of the most memorable upsets in college basketball history. Now, 
as it stood, Fairleigh Dickinson getting the win over Purdue kind of would have uh, changed that a little bit. Having two in the same year, 16s over one, would have made that a little bit different. But, I mean, to think that NKU went five for 33 from three-point range, shot just 15% from beyond the arc, and they had so many good looks in the second half. If they just shoot you know, 20%, 25%, they're right there and have a chance to to win the game. And um, it, it, was, it was really frustrating from that perspective, but also really easy to just smile and, and thank those guys for the ride that they gave everyone who followed the team this year. I mean, Sam Vinson was incredible in the, the game. I thought Trey Robinson played really well. Chris Brandon, Xavier Rhodes, they all played well. This kind of similar to Kentucky, though, the one thing that a lot of NKU people and I'm sure Marquez Warwick are, is going to look back on as, He's their guy. He's been their best scorer all year long. And he goes uh, one or excuse me, two for 18 in this game, just one for eight from beyond the arc finished with nine points. That's a crushing blow for NKU on the offensive end to realize they were that close while shooting that poorly and having their star player struggle that much on the offensive end. It's, it's tough to swallow in a lot of ways. All right, Rick, last question for you here, because we've gone a little long on this show, but I know that everybody listening probably is is eating up all the content as we get now into the uh, Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. One last thing. Is there anything that we haven't covered with Xavier? Because I'm assuming that the listenership of this podcast will be probably 95% Xavier listeners, given how this weekend went. Is there anything more about the game against Pitt or just from the weekend in general or just a, a macro look at the season? Anything that comes to your mind that we haven't covered about this savior team as we head into the sweet 16. I think the the one thing I would look at is just the play of Desmond Claude. It felt like coming into the big East tournament and going forward, he was right on the cusp of having a breakout game. He didn't play as well against Kennesaw state, but then he really showed up again against Pittsburgh. And I think there's a chance we could see him in the second weekend of the tournament, really flourish and give Xavier fans a memorable freshman moment because they're going to need him, especially on the defensive end. And the fact that he's been playing better here of late, I think should give Xavier fans confidence. I'm, I'm looking for one more big performance out of him still. Rick, I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me tonight. And uh, thanks for all the help you've been throughout the season. We'll see here uh, throughout the week. I'm going to try to get uh, a Texas writer on somebody that covers the Longhorns and, and get Adam Baum, some more guys on throughout the week, but maybe we put together a bigger episode. I don't want to dig myself into a hole and commit to that, but I'm sure there are going to be some people driving out to Kansas city uh, on Friday or throughout the week to get out there for that game. So maybe we put together a, a bigger uh, extended rebound rundown for people driving out there or traveling out to the Midwest. Um, but again, thanks Rick for joining me. One more thing here to, to clean up David Steubenroth, XU stat man, another great stat from him. Greensboro remains one of five locations Xavier has a perfect NCAA tournament record at. Orlando and Greensboro, both 4-0. Jacksonville, Boise, and Milwaukee are all 2-0 sites. That'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. Thank you so much to everybody that has listened, subscribed, shared the show, left a rating, left a review, everything like that. The support has been incredible throughout the season. Can't say enough how much all of you have meant to me and, and to everybody that has joined the show. It's been a great ride, and it's not over yet. At least one more week of the Rebound Rundown to bring to all of you, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Have a great Monday, everybody, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.